uh, we've uh, just been in a series, uh, started a series last week on Pentecost Sunday on the Holy Spirit. And uh, how many know uh, that the Holy Spirit uh, plays an important role in, in our walk? Amen? Very important role. And uh, so I, we're going to kind of continue in that vein of thought. If you have your Bibles, you can go to, to John chapter 16, uh, verse 13. And make sure you bring your kids tonight to BBS. We, we want them here. And uh, you know what? If nothing else, you'll have a babysitter for a few hours. Come on, somebody. Right? And so uh, make sure you bring them. And uh, I promise their, they, their lives will be impacted. They will be changed. And uh, we believe great things will happen out of that. This is what I want you to do. Come on. I want you to pray uh, that God would move and minister like he does and like he wants to uh, through this VBS. Amen. And so do that. Uh, John chapter 16, verse 13. And I'm going to give you a little recap kind of where we were at. We were talking about, I've titled this series, The Comforter, because that's what the Holy Spirit is. Jesus said, I'm going to wait. It's good that I, he told his disciples, it's good that I go away because I'm going to send you a comforter, right? And the, the role of the Holy Spirit is to comfort. And another way that we could say that is to counsel. And uh, there are many things. He's, he's uh, the third person of the Trinity. Yes, you heard that right. Person uh, of the Godhead. Uh, and probably at times the most misunderstood part of the Godhead. Amen. And some of you have been triggered when I said Holy Spirit. Some of you uh, jumped from because you come from different background, denominational background. You got you got a little wiggly in your seat. You got a little lump in your throat, right? But I, I, I here's the thing. I, I want to give you a good representation of who the Holy Spirit is. You know, sometimes people misinterpret uh, uh, or they misunderstand and they don't represent the Holy Spirit in a good way. Come on, right? And so my goal here in, in, in leading this, I felt led by, by the Holy Spirit to just speak to you, to help you. I want to help you out. Amen. And so uh, Jesus said, I, I'm going away and I'm going to send a comforter to you. And he will convict and he will comfort and he will teach and he will guide you in truth. There's some powerful statements there. And Jesus said this, that he will, he will show you the things that I have spoken all right, the Holy Spirit always points back to Jesus. He will lead us back to Jesus. And so uh, uh, Jesus uh, had, had spoken. He had said these things, and he said, I'm sending the comforter, and he's going to remind you of the things that, that he said. How many need reminders every once in a while? My wife reminds me when she tells me something sometimes. She said, do you remember when I told you this? Come on, somebody. You guys know what I'm talking about? And, and, and some of you wives are going, uh-huh, I know what you're talking about. And she said, do you remember this conversation that we had? And I said, I, I, I vaguely remember that conversation because my head was somewhere else, right? But, but, but Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would remind the disciples that he would remind us. And I, and I know, I, I just want to give you these two things. These, we believe here at Cornerstone there are two distinct works of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you a little doctrinal stance here. This is who we are. You can find these on our website. You can, you can look at this. We believe that w one of the main major roles of the Holy Spirit is regeneration. What does that mean? That is simply rebirth or a, a, a new. Um, you know, uh, when a person believes on Jesus, 
Jesus and confesses their sins to him, there is a new life. That's what the scripture says, right? Uh, it's not T.J. Skiles who lives, but it is Christ who lives in me, all right? Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are made new. I am a new creation is what the scripture tells me. And that's through the regeneration process of the Holy Spirit. And he's leading me and he's guiding me. And because of the blood of Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit, he will lead me to a life that, that allows me to overcome sin and temptation. Come on, somebody. Nobody wanted to shout on that one. Come on. And the Holy Spirit will convict. I talked about that last week. And one of the things about conviction that the Holy Spirit does, you know, uh, before you were saved, you could sin and not really feel that bad about it. But once you're saved, man, you, you sin, the Holy Spirit checks you, and you're like, ooh, I shouldn't have done that. I, I, feel, I, I feel like, uh, you know, that I, I need to repent from that, all right? Am, am I the only one in the building? Is there anybody else? All right. Uh, and so there's, we call this, the old timers would call this the sanctification process. And we see in scripture that the Holy Spirit in the New Testament is mentioned 260 times. You know, uh, and in the Old Testament, it's only mentioned 100 times. 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 books in the New Testament, but 260 times the Holy Spirit's mentioned in the New Testament. And that tells me that as a New Testament believer, because that's exactly what we are, that I need the Holy Spirit to walk this thing out. Amen? And so it's important to us uh, that we understand that number one is regeneration. Here's the second one right here is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And, and some of us have heard this in different ways. I want to call this the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus, he said, uh, he told his disciples that uh, he'd send the comforter. And he would, that the comforter would give them power or demonstration to be his witnesses. You know, the Holy Spirit comes on us to give us power. Uh, to be the Lord's witnesses, to, to gives us power to overcome sin. Come on, somebody, right? Gives us power to overcome the bondages in our life. And with that, you know, that we talk about the gifts of the Spirit. I'm not going to go deep into those today. Uh, but, you know, prophecy and healing and speaking in tongues and those things. In Acts chapter 2, all of this is fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. All right? I, I, on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, they were in one accord. It started with 500 of them waiting on Jesus. And you know what happens when you have to wait on Jesus? Sometimes people start getting weary and they go on doing what they're going to do. They, they, they slip out of the building, right? Come on, somebody. And, and, and then there was 120 left on the day of Pentecost, and they were there. And, and the Bible says this, that they were in one accord. They were in prayer. And in that moment, there was the sound of a mighty rushing wind. Amen. And it, it filled the house where they were at, and there were cloven tongues, and it sat upon them. And they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. How many know that that is the birth of the modern church, and that is the example that we have? have. Amen. And so we believe 100% that we are living in that. We do not believe uh, that those gifts died with the disciples. We believe that those gifts are for us today. The Holy Spirit wants to empower you, to give you power, to witness, to be the Lord's witness, but also to overcome sin and condemnation in your life. Amen. 
You know, I, I, and I don't understand it. Some people want to explain away tongues. They don't want to talk about tongues. They have a hard time with tongues. And Paul would say it like this. He said, he said, it, he said I speak in tongues more than all of you. But he goes, and I hope and my belief is that you, would, you should also speak in tongues. And I don't know why we have an issue with tongues because 2,000 years ago, there was no argument over tongues or whether, you know, it was this or that. And, and I, we believe that those are for you today. And his word uh, tells us. Uh, that 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 those are for us today. And if you're with me, say, I'm with you, Pastor. All right. It's not weird. And let me tell you something. If you have a problem with people who speak in tongues, you, you, the New Testament was written by people who speak in tongues. Amen? I'm just going to just throw it out there just a little bit today. Say, Pastor, you're, you're, you know what? Hey, i got to do what the Holy Spirit's telling me to do, all right? I want to encourage you. I want to build you up. And I, I, wanna, I want you to understand that the work of the Holy Spirit, he is the comforter, okay? And some of you have, have seen a bad representation of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you what you saw was a bad representation, was a person who, who misinterpreted what the Holy Spirit was trying to do. I'm going to get into a little bit of teaching on that. I, and, and the role of the Holy Spirit, listen to me, the role of the Holy Spirit, and I like the way that this preacher said it like this. He said, you know, Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father and he intercedes for us, right? We know that's what Scripture tells us. And, he, and Jesus said, I got to go away, and that's where he was going, and he's in heaven interceding for us. And this preacher said that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us here on earth. When we're going through temptation, the Holy Spirit's praying and helping us and leading us and guiding us. And I don't know how people can go through this life without uh, the, uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we believe, we believe that it is for you. You say, well, I don't know if it's for me. Do we believe that you have to be saved, uh, that you're saved, you have to speak in tongues to be saved? No, we don't believe that. We believe that's on the profession of your faith. But listen to me. God, uh, there are great things that he will help you out. I don't know. I could drive to Indianapolis in an old jalopy car, but I'd much rather drive in a nice Ferrari all the way up there and smooth and fast. And that's what the Holy Spirit is. He gives us power and the the ability to get where we are going in this journey until we reach heaven. Amen? Amen. Uh, you know, and, and here's what I'll say. I, I know I'm, laying, I'm just laying a little bit more foundation here. There are groups that love the regeneration part, and that's all they want to talk about, this regeneration. But they'll neglect the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And then there are some groups who major on the empowerment or the gifts of the Holy Spirit and make a bigger deal about the gifts. And they can shout and they can speak in tongues on Sunday morning. Then they can go cuss out their, bus, or their boss on Monday morning. Come on, somebody. And that's not the work of the Holy Spirit. So uh, there is a balance to that, and we believe that. So, uh, And we hold the view that both are needed for your walk so you can grow to maturity. You know what the, the role is in your life? The Holy Spirit is going to lead you uh, deeper into the things of God. If you are in the same place that you were a year ago, you need. I, need, I want to challenge you to go a little bit deeper. So uh, last week we talked about the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, and he convicts us, and today, uh, I believe one of the greatest attributes of the Holy Spirit is this. He guides us. He guides us. Everyone say, He guides us. And I've entitled this, He Guides and Teaches. Amen. He teaches and guides. And so, John chapter 16, verse 13, I'm going to read this and I'm going to pray. It says this right here. When the Spirit of truth comes, that's the Holy Spirit, if you have a King James Version, the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. And he will guide you into all truth. Let me read that again. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into some truth. He will guide you into your truth. 
Oh, come on now. I just stepped on a bunch of toes there. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Talking about uh, from, from the Lord. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. Will you bow your heads with me? Lord, I just thank you for your word. God, I'm grateful for your presence, Lord, that I feel in this house today. God, I, I'm so grateful for the Holy Spirit that leads and guides us. Today, Lord, would you lead and guide me by your Holy Spirit, Lord? Would you help me to get out of the way, Lord? Would you anoint my mouth, God? Would you anoint this vessel and use me how you see fit today? God, I pray, Lord, that you would open our hearts, God, Lord, that you would open our minds, you would open our spirits, Lord, to the guidance of the Holy Spirit, God, that it's not just something that we talk about, but it's something that we are walking out with you, Lord, that we are staying in step with the Holy Spirit as he leads and guides us. God, we pray, Lord, that you that lives would be transformed in the mighty name of Jesus today. And everybody said, amen. So I want to talk about this. He teaches and guides. And he teaches and guides. The Holy Spirit teaches and guides. Anybody ever had a, a good teacher growing up? Come on. I, I remember a few good teachers that I had in, in my, in, you know, in high school that I can think back. My third grade teacher, I got sick, really sick my third grade year, and I had to miss a few weeks of school. And my third grade teacher was such a great teacher that she came uh, and and after school hours and came to my house and gave me personal tutoring, you know, for a couple hours a night so that I wouldn't fall behind in school. I would have failed school had it not been for her. So I, I go back and I look at Miss Rowden, and, man, she is a hero, and I'm glad that she taught me and that she took the time to guide me. Amen? How many are glad that you had somebody that taught you and guide you at some point? Some of you, some of you need that right now in your life. Amen? But guide, so the Greek word guide here, uh, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce it because it's, a, it's an odd one. And, um, but it literally means this, to show the way. When we talk about the, the guidance of the Holy Spirit means that he will show you the way. That is beautiful. That is a beautiful thing. I had a friend that worked uh, uh, for uh, the Disney company a few, I mean, uh, probably about a decade ago. And one of the rules that Disney taught their employees was this. When someone came and said, hey, whatever, whatever role you were in Disney, if somebody came to you and said, hey, how do I get to this point? They could not do this. You need to go here and this, this, this. No, what they would do is say, here, I will lead you. I will guide you. Follow me as I take you. And that is exactly what the Holy Spirit does in our lives if we let him. Amen. Show the way. Everyone say, show the way. So the, the presupposition of that word guide or to show the way is this. Is it means this, that there is a right way and there is a wrong way. Come on, somebody. There's a right way and there is a wrong way. John chapter 14, verse 7, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's pretty straightforward. There is a right way and there is a wrong way. Jesus said this also, there is a broad way in which many are on. And he said there is a narrow way in which few are on. We need to understand that, that in this life that the Holy Spirit will lead and guide us in all truth. What is right and what is correct. Amen. We see it in our society over the last few decades. People say this, uh, you know, there are many ways to God. That's a lie. It's not a truth. Amen. There's one way and it's through Jesus Christ. 
and we and we see confusion. Come on, here we go. I'm about to step on some toes. We see confusion on sexuality, right? People say this is my truth. It is a lie. Come on, somebody, right? There is one way, one truth. And I believe that this is, uh, uh, you know, people say this, I believe this way because I don't, I don't want to hurt, you know, and as long as I'm not hurting you or, and, 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 you know, it's okay. But let me tell you something. There comes a point where your point of view is going to rub up against someone else's point of view. That's just the way that life is. And you're going to offend somebody, and I'm going to offend somebody. And truth is not subjective. Amen. And there's a generation who's struggling with this now because they have not been guided by the Holy Spirit. They've been guided by some book or by some psych teacher or somebody who's told them a lie, and they bought into that lie. Come on. And all the old people in the house said, amen, pastor, you're finally preaching in the house. Right? And listen to me, young people. The world will lie to you and the world will tell you things and make you try to bully you into their way of thinking. And let me tell you something, the Holy Spirit Spirit will lead you in the right way. Amen? Amen. In all truth, the right way. He will reveal to you uh, what is mine is what the scripture says. What belongs to Jesus? What, what, what belongs to Jesus? You know what belongs to Jesus? Everything. Everyone say everything. There you go. Come on now. Everything. Jesus has authority over everything. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said it like this. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all, come on, some authority? No, all authority in heaven and earth. Amen? And all there means everything. And he will show you the right way and reveal to you the authority of Jesus Christ. You know, it kind of reminds me of this. You know, there's a right way, there's a wrong way. You know what is bad about me when I drive? Tristan is a, uh, you know, follows the rules much better than Pastor does. I'm just going to be real. When we're driving, she'll follow the speed limit better than I will. I do my best sometimes. And, and, and you know, uh, if I'm downtown somewhere and I've never been and there's a one-way street and I'm trying to get over somewhere, and I will go the wrong way down a one-way street. Come on, somebody. Not when people are coming, but I'll, I'll clear. And Tristan will go, what are you doing? Why are you going down the wrong way street? I'm like, babe, that's for people who don't know what they're doing. That does not mean me. And so, and so, you know, but she she is a right way kind of girl. You know, do, do what's right. You know, I'm, God's still working on me. The Holy Spirit's still working that out of me. Come on, somebody, right? And, and and there is a right way and there is a wrong way. When we first moved here, I'll never forget, We I went down 16th Street and I was coming back through town. Listen, I didn't know that there were so many one-way streets in such a small town. And and, and I, I went down 16th Street the wrong way. Anybody ever done that? My wife said, what are you doing? And I said, there's a car coming at us. Quick turn. You know, and so, you know, there's a right way, there's a wrong way, amen. So I want to tell you this, that living a spirit-filled life is exciting. It's not boring. It's not. It's it's really exciting. It's fun. Man, you know what? When you're spirit-led, you'll pray for people in the middle of Walmart. How many know everybody at Walmart needs prayer? Come on, somebody. (laughs) You'll smile at somebody when they need it. The Holy Spirit will just prompt you and you'll smile at someone. And they'll just need that little bit of a smile to to change their whole day. 
You'll, you'll be used by God to do amazing things. You know, and, and, and here's the deal. The early church, the book of Acts church, guess what? They didn't have a problem being led by the Holy Spirit. But the 2,000-year-old church, man, we struggle with being led by the Spirit. But I'll give you some good examples right here. Uh, Philip, how many know the story of Philip? You know, uh, the, the church was growing, and there was a lot going on, and, and you know, uh, Peter, uh, Peter, James, and John, and there was, they were growing at a great rate, and they were all trying to do, they were trying to distribute food to people. They were doing all these things. So they, had, they said, man, we need some administration help. And they hired people, and they said, you know what their one requirement to hire people was is that they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody right there. That's a good thing right there. And, and so they hired this guy. His name is Philip, right? And, and he is working there, and he is, he's helping them administrate. He's distributing food. And in the process of, of going out somewhere along the way, he's walking down and, 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 and probably uh, going to exchange uh, something, a gift that somebody gave for some food to give to, to uh, uh, widows or orphans or, or whatever the case. But in the process of doing things for God, listen, he is spirit-led, and he sees this Ethiopian eunuch who is, who is dry, or driving, who is riding a chariot, who is driving. Driving a chariot, come on, I believe it's a Ford Mustang 5.0, come on somebody, right? Yeah. And, and, and so he, he is, he, this, this Ethiopian, he is going along and he's, he's sitting there and he's reading the, the scripture because he just come from Jerusalem worshiping and, and, and he's looking at this and, and, you know, Holy Spirit says to Philip, hey, you need to go, you need to go talk to him. Now, many of us, oh, this is what we would have done, right? This is us in modern times. Oh, I don't have time to go talk to this guy. I'm busy doing the Lord's work. I, I don't have. But Philip, no, 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 no. He responded to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Listen, and he went and he talked to him. And he said, hey, what are you reading there? He said, I'm reading this and uh, the, the, about the prophet Isaiah. And I, I don't really have a full understanding. Can you explain this to me? And Philip says, absolutely, I can. He gets in the chariot with him and, 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 and he begins to explain the, the prophets. And he begins to explain what Jesus is. And, and through that process of this conversation in the car, in the, in the chariot, in the Ford Mustang 5.0, come on, uh, with black wheels and, and black rims. Come on, somebody. and black, Come on, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm dreaming, all right. But, but, he, but he's sitting there. And in this process, he tells him, and, and the Ethiopian says, I need to be saved. I need to be saved. And Philip says, hey, let's do this. And he, and he is saved right there on the spot. And he leads him to the Lord. And then, 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 then this Ethiopian guy says, hey, there's water right there. Can I be baptized right now? And Philip's like, absolutely. And they get out right there. He baptizes him. This is a cool thing about God. And after he baptizes him, this is what Scripture says. Philip is transited and he's moved out of there. Gone. That's crazy, isn't it? That's exciting. He was Star Trek right out of there. Beam me up, Scotty. Gone. And it's amazing to me, if we look in the early church, there were two major revivals and movements, one in Africa and one in Europe. And, and many scholars believe that this African revival started because Philip found an Ethiopian man who was heading home and was led by the Spirit of God and led him. And this guy was a guy of influence, high in the kingdom, served under, and, and revival broke out in, in Africa because of him. Here's another one right here. How about Paul and Barnabas? When, when Paul and Barnabas, they were working in the church at Antioch, and, and, and while they were there, they were being called out to the mission field. And they were just, they were working within the church, doing everything they can, helping this. And then the Holy Spirit dealt with them and said, hey, I need you to go on a missions trip. And I want you to go on a missions trip. 
And you know what Paul and Barnabas didn't do? They didn't argue with the Lord. They didn't, they didn't argue with the Holy Spirit. They said, hey, we'll go. And they went. And listen to, listen to me. They went and they started a church in Ephesus. And they started a church in Corinth. Come on, somebody. And they started the, the church in Galatia. And we have the New Testament today uh, because of Paul and Barnabas going out, come on, and ministering to those in Europe. So we see a revival that starts in Africa because of Philip and a revival that is most likely led out of out of Paul and Barnabas going into Europe, and it's transformational. And the church began to grow, amen? Here's the problem. The early church, they knew how to follow the Holy Spirit. The 2,000-year-old church, sometimes, man, we struggle with it. And I don't understand why. And I don't know why. I, I think it's a position of our heart. And the, and the Holy Spirit will lead you. He'll lead you in love, and he'll lead you in truth. Come on, somebody, right? And he will show you, and he will show you the way. Everyone say, show us the way, Lord. Here we go, right here. So I want to give you just some real fast things, truth about the Holy Spirit's guidance in your life. How many want guidance in your spiritual walk? Got to listen to the Holy Spirit. You got you to gotta listen to the Holy Spirit. All right? And I, I just want to give you some real guidance, some things to help you out. These are very practical. Listen, I need, it, I need it simplified for me so I can understand. These are very practical, but these are very real, and these will work for you. So, so truth about the Holy Spirit's guidance, number one is right here. The Holy Spirit, his guidance always lines up with the word of God. Amen? He will not tell you something that is not in the word of God. That's just, that's just the way he is. The Spirit of God will never go against the Word of God. It will always line up with the Word of God. So uh, listen to what the words are that are, that, you know, uh, that are coming out of my mouth. Listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth, right? Uh, uh, the Holy Spirit will not rebel against the Word of God. Amen? No matter how much you want him to, he will not. That's good teaching right there. The Spirit of God and the Word of God were meant to, were never meant to be apart. They, and sometimes people try to pit them against each other. No, 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 no. They are in agreement with each other. John chapter 14, verse 26 says this, but the helper, talking about the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you. Come on, say, everyone say teach. In all things and bring to you the remembrance all that I have said to you. I, I mentioned this verse earlier. That's what, that's what Jesus said. Hey, the Holy Spirit is going to remind you what the word was. In the, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. What Jesus said, come on somebody. The Holy Spirit's going to remind you what the word of God says. And one of the best ways to be discerning in your life. And some people say, oh, I wish I was more discerning. Get in your Bible. Get in your Bible. Get in your Bible. And, and some, some people wish that they were there. But, but if you are hearing from the Spirit of God, you have to understand and you have to know the Bible, right? So I, I'll give you this example. I, I had a friend one time. And he was, we, there was a little bit of a doctrinal issue, uh, you know, and he was struggling. He was saying that he was, uh, you know, filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and honestly, he was arguing with someone about it. He said, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And he made this statement. And, man, I had discernment checks in my heart really bad. And I'm not trying to call this person out, but this is what he said. He said, I am filled with the Holy Spirit, and if you tell me I'm not, I'll box your ears off. And I said, boy, that sounds like the Holy Spirit. Right? How do I know that? Because I know what the Holy Spirit's nature is. 
love, joy, peace. Come on, somebody, right? The gifts of the earth, right? The fruit of the Spirit is what? And so, uh, you know, we have to understand, we have to know that. And I never would have known that if I didn't know the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. And how did I learn about the characteristics of the Holy Spirit? Galatians chapter 5. Amen. And it's, it's why, you know, it's why on Wednesday nights, it's why I go through the teach the Bible. It's why I do it line for line, verse by verse. You know why I do that? Because I want you to have a holistic view of the Bible, a full view of the Bible. Here's the problem with a lot of us, man. Some of us, we like our social media pastor, right? Come on. And we'll post the little snippet that they say and be like, oh, man, I'm going to live by that. But listen to me. You will not stand by a snippet. When, when problems come, you know what will hold you up? A holistic, a real view of what the word of God says. You want to walk in freedom in your life? You got to know what the word of God says about you. You got to understand these things. Amen? And, and this is why I do this on Wednesday night, so we can rightly divide the word of God and know it. Matter of fact, uh, what I preach, listen to me. Come on, I, I know I'm getting down where the rubber meets the road. What I preach on Sunday morning should not be new to you, but it should only be confirming on what you already know and what you've already read. Amen? I'm not saying that I can't pull something new that you, you didn't know about. You're going to learn through different, I understand that. Uh, but, but can I tell you something? I I just tell you this, the the word of God, you've got to get in the word of God. You want to be more discerning of the Holy Spirit, more understanding of the Holy Spirit. You've got to know the nature of God. Does that sound like God? Would God tell me to do this? Would God tell, I'll I'll give you a good example. How about these people sometimes that go and they they blow up an abortion clinic in the name of God. God told me to do this. That goes against the nature of God. One of the Ten Commandments is thou shall not murder. Come on, right? And what you have is people that are hearing things and trying to fight a spiritual battle in the flesh. And let me tell you something, you will not win that battle with your flesh. Ephesians 6.12 says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Some of you are trying to overcome things in your life with, with, with you know, that good one-liner from um, a pastor, social media pastor that you like to listen to. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But listen, there's a deeper walk with the Lord. you got to get deeper. Amen? And bottom line, the Holy Spirit will not tell you to do something that goes against the word of God. He just won't. It's not the nature of God. It's not the nature of God. He is part of the Trinity and part of the Godhead, and he will not do so. And the Holy Spirit will always lead you in the right way. Here's number two right here. There's safety and submission. You guys are not going to like this one. I can, I've already prepared myself for this one. There is, there is safety and submission. Okay, uh, what do you mean by that? Not only is there safety and submission to the Holy Spirit because, you know, uh, you know, we're to be walking and staying in step with what Galatians says, you know, walk in step with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will lead you, amen. Uh, but on the other side of that is this submission to one another area. Oh, you had me, Pastor, till you said that. I, I don't like that one. Okay, I don't mind submitting to the Holy Spirit. Don't tell me I need to submit to someone else. Scripture teaches us to submit one to another. Is that what it says? Why? Why does it tell us that? Why would Paul write that? Why would he say that? Why should we submit to one another? Because here's what I know. Listen, the Spirit of God lives in this man right here. 
The Spirit of God lives in this woman right here. Spirit of God lives in my wife. And listen, when I walk in submission to them and I have this great idea, I feel like the Spirit of God is telling this and I can go to, to my friend Greg and say, Greg, I feel like God's telling this. And Greg's like, whoo, that doesn't sound like the Holy Spirit I know, Pastor. And that, that's, there's a submission thing there. Listen, I, I don't think you need to be submissive to everybody, but I think you've got to find somebody that you can trust, a mentor, uh, somebody who's not going to be a yes man to you, but it's going to tell you what you need to hear sometimes. Amen? Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there is no guidance, the people falls. But in the abundance of counselors, there is safety. Why? Because the Holy Spirit dwells in them. And the counselor who abides in the believer can be used to help discern what is good and what is right in another believer's life. Let me, well, say, well, pastor, I don't know about that. Well, let me give you a good example here in the New Testament, all right? Paul, the most educated, theologically smartest, probably of all the apostles, in scripture, all right? Why do you say that? Because Peter was a fisherman. And those guys, and, and, and you know, Matthew was a tax collector. Come on, we know they ain't got no sense, right? And, and, and so, but I'm joking. If you're a tax collector, I, I, we love you. Amen. I'm praying for you, but we love you. All right. But, but Paul literally... Paul literally went to Bible college, and, and he, went, he, knew, he knew the Old Testament better than anybody, right? And so he is probably the most theologically sound uh, apostle. He understood things, and, and they, they, were, they were just basically, uh, you know, all fishermen. And, and Paul basically went to, to seminary. I mean, literally, in Galatians chapter 2, Paul goes to Jerusalem to convey and to submit to the leaders that were there, to Peter, James, and John. And he goes before them, and he says, hey, I'm from Antioch, and I'm up here with Barnabas. And listen, uh, we're preaching to the Gentiles, and we, we understand that God's grace is this. And we believe, that, you know, you guys down here, man, you guys are kind of following some of the Jewish traditions here, uh, circumcision and not eating pork. But up, up, up in Antioch, man, we're having some, uh, some good smoked pork. Come on, somebody, right? And, and we're doing okay with it. But, but Paul, in submission, went to Jerusalem and said, listen, I want to talk to you guys, and I want to tell, ask you guys, are, am I right? Submission. It's amazing to me. And he's giving us a beautiful example of this. And they said, absolutely, Paul, keep doing what you are doing. I'll never forget when we came here, you know, a couple times in my life. I remember one time I had, a, I had a, an ideal in my mind. I was young in the ministry, and I, I told this pastor, I said, hey, I, I, I want to I do this. I won't tell you what it was. And I said, I want to do this. And I said, what do you think about this? And I thought he was going to be in my corner. He said, T.J., I don't think you're ready for that. And he gave me some reasons. And I was offended. But let me tell you something. He was right. And I was wrong. You know what was in me? Some selfish things that I wanted. And not what the Holy Spirit wanted. But I had to submit to that pastor, to that authority that was beyond me. You know, when, we, when I came here, I'll never forget you know, and I got the call and, and, and the invite and all that. I, I sat down with my pastor at the time, you know, because I love transparency. And I just told him, said, hey, this is this, is this you know, and some mentors in my life said, well, what, how do you feel about this? Am I ready for this? Do you guys think that I'm ready for this? I, and, and, and honestly, you know, and I said, be honest, be real, you know. And they said, as much as we, we don't want, want to see you go, you are ready for this move. And it was because of mentors who spoke into my life and, and, and submitting to them. You know what, if they just said, hey, I see red flags, guess what? I probably would have listened to them. 
They were honest and they were real. And sometimes we want to do something because we have selfish ambition within us, right? Right? The Holy Spirit told me to do this. I said, I want to do it. Holy Spirit told me I should be, I'll give you a good example right here. I had a friend that went to Bible college, a young lady, and like her first week in Bible college, she went in, and you know how Bible college is, this young man came up to her and he said, I just feel the, the Spirit of the Lord speaking to me, and, and he just told me to tell you, you're going to be my wife. She said, that does not resonate with my spirit. Come on, somebody, right? Some of you went to Bible college, you're shaking your head. Boy, that is about the way it is, right? Um, Here's the thing, you know, we, we need mentors. We need good good example of this, you know. I'll give you another example of this. We have a board here at the church, a board of elders. You know what, when I have an idea, you know what, I, I, I talk to those guys. We convene with those things, and I, I tell them, and they and they pray about it, and they say, hey, pastor, what have you thought about? And, and, and no, maybe this isn't the right move. And there's checks and balances. There's submission, amen. And oftentimes when we look for people, we often look for people who agree with us, right? Oh, yeah, that's what, you know, no, 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 no. But you need to find somebody who will be real with you, tell you what you need to hear, even if you don't want to hear it, amen? And here's the thing, I'll, I'll give this, and my pastor used to say this in California. He'd say, you know, people will come to you and they'll say, God told me to do this, you know, and they'll come to you and say, I, I'm, I feel like I should do this, pastor. God told me to do this. And and then what are you supposed to do as a pastor? Tell them that God didn't tell them that? You know, that's a trump card. God's bigger than me, right? Absolutely. But if you came and you said, hey, how do you feel about this, you know, uh, as, as my pastor, as this, uh, is this, do you feel like this is the right move? Can you pray with me about this? Amen? What are you saying, pastor? There's, there's wisdom in Holy Spirit guidance showing you the way. And sometimes God will speak through other believers and mentors that are in our lives. Amen? Amen? Listen to me. Young people that are single, uh, listen. Listen to me. Let people speak into your life. Let mentors speak to you. I know some of you are in a hurry to get married. Listen, let the Holy Spirit lead and guide you because the worst thing you want to do is get hooked up with somebody who is not ready for marriage, who, who uh, come on, somebody, right? Come on. All right. Here's the next one. It will require trust. I'm almost done. It will require, require trust. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Uh, when we drive down a two-lane road, listen, when we drive down a two-lane road, we put a lot of trust in the cars that are coming our direction, right? Right? When I'm on a two-lane road, I don't really even pay attention as long as they're staying on their side of the road. But it, it is just one swipe away from being a head-on collision, right? But why is it that we put more trust in strangers going down the road than we do the Holy Spirit who wants to lead and guide us? Right? Man, but here's what I've learned. Trust is easy when the answer is immediate, right? But it's tough when it takes a long time. The Holy Spirit guidance is about trusting our, and, and putting our faith and staying in step with the Spirit. So, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll give you this example. When I was um, a youth pastor and I was, I knew I was at the end of a season in ministry as a youth pastor. And I, I just sensed it in my heart and was just following the leading of the Lord. And, and, and I didn't necessarily have a plan and of action you know ministry is sometimes fun and in, in, in some things some of you know what I'm talking about and God will ask you to do something sometimes when you don't have all the, the pieces together had a, had a young family had a beautiful family and, and I had given basically my notice hey I am stepping down on this date and I did not have another place to go or anything anybody how many know that sounds crazy right 
I felt like it was the craziest thing in the world as I was, I was walking this out. And I'll never forget that, um, you know, I was, I was sending resumes out to churches and doing this. And some pastors were like, ah, yeah, you're too ugly or we don't like you or this or that or whatever reason, you know. And um, they just said, you know, I, I finally had a church that called me. They said, hey, we, we'd like for you to come. And I, was, I thought, man. And they asked me to come to a place that I, I didn't particularly like. Come on, somebody, right? I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to go there. It's not my, not my style, not my cup of tea. And, and I don't, I'll never forget in the process of going there, everything about this place was right on paper. Everything. It, I mean, to the physical eyes, everything looked right. It would have been an easy step in. It would have been an easy place. And I'll never forget this whole weekend I was there. I was just churning. Holy Spirit's just churning on the inside of me. And I'm just like, man, I am struggling with this. Tristan was with me. Like, pray with me. Tristan, help me out. I don't know what to do. It's like, just put a strong face on. We'll figure it out, right? And I'll never forget in the middle of that, I had some downtime, just like an hour or two window. And I was back in the hotel. And I'll never forget this. I'll never forget this as long as I and, and I was in the position where I was like, I think this is what I got to do because I don't know where else to go. I don't know what, God, you're closing this door, this door. And out of nowhere, my phone rings. It's crazy, crazy thing. My phone rings. It's a pastor. He says, hey, what are you doing? Mentor in my life. Had been a mentor in my life. What are you doing? He said, well, I'm in such such place. And I feel like this may be the next step of ministry. He said, oh, well, I don't want to cause you any issues or any confusion. He said, but. When you get done there, if you decide not to take that, call me. And I was like, wait, 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 no, no, we're not getting off the phone right now. He began to talk to me, and he, and he just began to pour into me. He said, listen, I, I'm not trying to sway you one way or the other. He said, I believe the Holy Spirit sometimes gives you plan A and plan B. He lets you decide, hey, is this right? Is this right? And I think sometimes God will give us a will of provision, and sometimes I believe God will give us his divine will, which is even greater, where there is provision, where he'll take you to the next level. And I'll never forget, as hard as it was for me to walk away from that perfect paper opportunity on paper, I said, I, this, they hired me. They literally hired me, and I said, I can't do this. They were mad at me. I said, this, this is not right for me. I'm sorry. They didn't, the Spirit of God didn't, didn't, <laughs> didn't add up to them. But in that moment, God began to order my steps. He began to take me. The process was, was long. And honestly, up to the wire, God opened the right door at the right time that has led me in the right steps that would eventually lead me right here to this place. And God's timing is not always as fast as we want it, but it is always right. And had I said no to the Spirit of God and said, no, I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to do it because they're going to pay me good. I'm going to do it because it's this kind of church. I'm going to do it because of this. If I did it for selfish ambition, I had to lay those things down and say, Holy Spirit, you lead and guide me. I don't know what this is going to look like, but I believe you have a bigger and a greater plan. Amen? It's a trusting process. It's his timing. It's in his supply. Every person used by God in the Bible had to step out in faith and trust the Lord in some capacity. Why would you be any different? Here's the thing. The difference between you and the Old Testament believers, if you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit inside you to guide you. That's beautiful. Amen. Here's the last one right here. The Holy Spirit will not force you to 
This is how good the Holy Spirit is. That's unbelievable to me. The God of the universe, created the universe, man, could wipe us out just like this. He will not force you to do what he wants you to do. The Spirit of God wants to guide you, not dominate you. He wants to guide you. He doesn't want to dominate you. The disciples, they were compelled by the Spirit. The Spirit said, come. But they had to what? Follow. He didn't say, I got your hand, let's go, right? When you grab your kids to the grocery store, no, we're going out of here, right? No, no, no. He said, come on. And they, they made the decision, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you. Let me ask you this. Maybe you're at a road. You're asking for guidance. Where are you getting your guidance from? Is it a book that some billionaire wrote, How to Make Money? That's great. Let me ask you this. What's their family look like? Do they talk to their kids? You want someone like that imputing into your life? You can have all the money you want. I, there are a lot of people who die lonely and rich. Who's guiding you when you're in transition in jobs? emotionally falling apart, when you're sick, when your family's falling apart, when you're sick of your family, come on somebody, right? Who's guiding you? It's the role of the comforter, the counselor, the Holy Spirit to show you and show us the way of truth and love. You know what I love about the Holy Spirit? He says this, Matt, help me out here. I know you're on a short leash here. The Holy Spirit will come and say, hey, take you this way so come come I'm not making Matt come I'm, I'm just compelling him to come come this way look I'm going to show you the way don't go too far it'll pull everything off the stage <laughs> that's what the Holy Spirit does he says come I'm, 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 I'm guiding you if, you'll, if you'll let me I'll guide you if you'll let me if you'll walk with me if you'll stay in step with what I am doing I will take you to greater things. Amen. How many believe that in your heart today? But what are you saying, Pastor? One of the most important roles of the comforter of the Holy Spirit is to guide us in truth. Listen to me. His guidance will lead you to freedom from drugs. His guidance will lead you from freedom from pornography. Come on, somebody. His guidance uh, will lead you to the truth. Amen. Any bondages that you have, His guidance will lead you to be free from them. Amen. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is. Why would you not want to follow Him? Right? Have you ever thought about that? You got to trust Him. You got to discern His voice. Holy Spirit, by the Word of God, through submission to counsel. Amen. Amen. Do you love me? You have to. The Bible says so.